Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Poor Charles 411. I guess today is the Ice Princess 2.0 because last week was 1.5. Yes. Okay. So this is the Ice Princess 2.0. That's just what the name of the playlist on YouTube was. So we'll stick with it. Right. Because the size of the Ice Princess isn't up to 2.0. It's actually going down because they keep chipping away at it. (laughs) So this storyline took place in 2013. We used General Hospital Fandom and the SoapCentral.com had to use the weekly recaps to kind of piece together the storyline and... YouTube videos from the House of Cassidine, which again, thank you so much for putting them beautifully together. Mm-hmm. So this one starts, I'm starting to notice a theme of February being an ice princess start. Yes. I'm assuming that's for sweeps, but I'm not understanding like this one starts. Well, on no, the no, I'm sorry. The original one was December 9th was the first time it was mentioned because I had my whole John Lennon yes. epiphany. Yes. However, it, I think it carried into February. But okay. That would make sense. But it's starting February 19th. And then the present that she gets is a Valentine's Day present. So what? Well, so it starts where it says on February 19th, 2013, Luke and Laura are surprised to find out Lulu received an uncut rock, which is supposedly the Ice Princess from an unknown person. Okay. On the Haunted Star, Star and Lulu went over some last minute preparations for the Valentine's Day party. Lulu spotted her husband, Dante, as he entered the nightclub. So she walked up to him, excited for the Valentine's Day surprise. At the bar, Dante invited Lulu to go on the deck with him. She agreed, and she reached under the bar to fetch a bottle of champagne. She was then delighted when she discovered a big red box with a bow tucked under the bar. Lulu assumed it was her surprise from Dante, so she quickly opened it. Lulu's smile faded when she saw a single black rose. Dante assured her that he had not sent the gift. I would hope not. (laughs) I don't think it was the black. I thought it was the black. The the diamond. Yeah. Why does that say the black rose? Okay. Lulu was taken aback when she looked at the odd Valentine's Day gift. Dante assured Lulu that he had not been responsible for the oddly shaped black stone. Okay. That vaguely resembled a rose. Maybe that's because it was chipped away so much. Now it looks like a rose. Maybe it did not look like a rose to me, but okay. It looked like a burnt marshmallow to me. Yeah. Okay. Lulu looked for a card and found one. Dear Lulu, I saw this and thought of you. Lulu read. She noticed that the card hadn't been signed, so she wondered who her secret admirer was. Dante thought that it was an ugly gift, so he suggested that they go home where some real surprises were waiting for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the deck, Luke was stunned when he looked up and saw Laura. He realized that it hadn't been his imagination earlier when he had spotted her on the pier. Laura smiled and she reminded him that it would 
reminded him that it wouldn't have been the first time that he had thought that his mind had played tricks. Luke fondly recalled the time that he had seen Laura walking across the lawn in the mayor's mansion after she had been presumed dead. Luke returned to the present as he admitted that Laura had a point. Luke wondered if everything was okay with Laura, so she promised him that she was fine. That, that like, does not give the whatever behind it. No, it was... on the deck talking to Anna, because this is when he was in love with her, Mm -hmm. and he didn't really think that he saw her. He just heard someone walk away or whatever. He wasn't like, oh, that was Laura. And then whenever she walked up on the Haunted Star, he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But she was acting weird. And that's why he asked if she was fine. It wasn't all about him. She was just weird. So anyway, Laura explained that she had returned to Port Charles when she learned about Lulu's baby. Laura revealed that she had already visited their daughter and grandsons. Then she admitted that she had seen Luke on the pier with Anna. Luke definitely changed the subject by wondering if she had heard from Lucky. Laura admitted that she'd spent some time with Lucky the year before, but Lucky only sent the occasional postcard, which is so not like Lucky, and that's why he was brainwashed. Moments later, Dante and Lulu walked up. Lulu was pleasantly surprised when she saw her parents together. Dante greeted Laura, then the four chatted a bit until Lulu mentioned her unusual Valentine's gift from a secret admirer. Luke and Laura were concerned when Lulu showed the gift to them. Lulu immediately noticed, so she asked her parents what was wrong. Luke and Laura revealed that the gift had a striking resemblance to the Ice Princess the way it had looked the first time they had seen it. Lulu recalled that the Ice Princess was an infamous infamous diamond, not an ugly black rock. Thank you, Lulu. That's where we all were, too. (laughs) Laura explained that diamonds resemble ordinary rocks before they're cut and polished. Laura wondered if the present had been intended for Lulu, so Dante and Lulu showed Luke and Laura the card that accompanied the gift. Dante sensed that Luke and Laura had a suspect in mind, so Luke admitted that Helena might have been responsible for the present. Luke admitted that Helena had always had an obsession with the Ice Princess, and Dante wondered what was the meaning of the note to Lulu. Luke didn't have an answer, but Laura revealed that Helena had used the infamous diamond to control Lucky. Lulu scoffed and informed everyone that Helena was out of her mind if she thought she could use the diamond to control Lulu. Luke revealed that the Ice Princess had been seen in a vault in Zurich. Luke picked up the rock, which fell to pieces between his fingers. Luke conceded that it was possible Helena had gotten her hands on the diamond. After Dante and Lulu left, Luke and Laura agreed that they had a bad feeling about the gift their daughter had received. Luke feared the worst case scenario was some psycho from their past was trying to haunt them with the ugliest part of their history. Who you calling ugly? Scott Baldwin asked as he suddenly appeared on the deck. Ugh. On the deck of the Haunted Star, Luke and Laura agreed that they each had a bad feeling about Lulu's strange Valentine's Day gift. Luke suspected that some psycho from their past was trying to haunt them. I'll be damned, Baldwin, Luke said as he looked at his longtime rival. Laura smiled at Scotty, and Scotty stopped beside her. Luke demanded to know what Scotty was doing in town, and so Scotty announced that he was there for Laura. And during so much of this, there was a lot of back and forth because Luke and Laura, or Laura and Scotty had gotten engaged, and Luke was finding out, and that would take another 30 minutes to read all of that, so we're yeah. not. Bottom line is, no one was happy that Laura was with Scotty. Including Lulu. Exactly. And so then Luke had gone to see Tracy at the quarter means because that's when he was living there too. Mm-hmm. And Tracy remarked that Luke believed that once Laura had returned to town, it was kismet and Luke hoped that he could win Laura back. Luke stressed that he and Laura, Laura were over and that they had both moved on. However, Tracy noticed that Luke was still single and ready to protect Laura again. Luke insisted that he would only protect Laura from Skull Baldwin, Baldwin, the sleazeball with bad luck troll hair. <laughs> wow. And then Luke yelled out, the ice princess. 
When Tracy wondered what the heck the Ice Princess had to do with anything, Luke explained that the replica had been given to Lulu, and he reflected that the original Ice Princess had contained a formula for carbonic snow that could freeze Port Charles and the world. Luke had thought that Helena sent the replica to Lulu, but wondered if the Dragon Lady might not have sent it after all. Luke declared, The Ice Princess caused nothing but pain and suffering, and now a reminder of it shows up in our lives. So Tracy asked, are you thinking this timing is too convenient? And Luke said, I think the re replica was sent by Scott. Then in March, Laura tried to give Luke the benefit of the doubt until Luke accused Scott of sending the replica to Lulu. Laura reminded Luke that the infamous diamond hadn't been, had been the reason that Miko's Cassidine had been killed. So it made more sense that Miko's widow, Helena, had sent it. Here's the thing, though. Miko's wasn't killed. Right. I mean, he, Luke actually tried to save him. Yes. Okay. Luke insisted that it was exactly what Scotty wants Laura to believe. Spoken like a true paranoid, Scott says, Luke argued that the Ice Princess replica had been delivered on the same night that Scotty had appeared in Port Charles, but Laura wasn't buying it. According to Luke, Scotty had never forgiven Lulu for killing Scotty's deadbeat son, Logan. Scotty growled a warning, but Laura quickly interceded before things turned violent. She conceded that Scotty had been grief-stricken over his son's death, but Scotty had gotten past it and was ready to move forward and make up for his mistakes. Luke wondered if that included gaslighting Lulu before Luke. Gaslighting Lulu, because Luke hadn't forgotten that Scotty had wanted Lulu to face the death penalty for killing Logan. Laura was curious what Scotty would hope to gain by sending the Ice Princess replica to Lulu since Lulu hadn't even recognized it. Scotty warned Laura that Luke couldn't be reasoned with because Luke couldn't even admit what was really making Luke monkey crazy. Scotty suspected that Luke couldn't fathom why Laura would move on with her life by marrying Scotty. Scotty was certain that Luke wanted Laura for himself. Laura reminded Scotty that everyone had moved forward, including Luke, except she was circling back, so I'm not sure that that's moving on. She advised both men to stop letting the past cloud their judgment because they needed to focus on finding out why the replica of the Cassidine diamond had been sent to Lulu. Scotty threatened to have security remove Luke from the suite, so Luke warned Scotty to stay away from Lulu and then marched out. Afterwards, Scotty grumbled that Luke was a crackpot and then changed the subject by suggesting they go to dinner. Laura remained quiet, so Scotty quickly assured her that he would never harm Lulu. Laura promised Scotty that she believed him, but she wasn't pleased with the way that Scotty had goaded Luke. Scotty argued that Luke was an easy target, but Laura insisted that they all knew that Scotty's accusations about Luke wanting Laura back was untrue because Luke was with Anna. And then, really, it just kind of goes back and forth with. Luke's trying to convince Tracy that he isn't into Laura, and Scott's trying to convince Laura that he's not after Lulu. Scott actually did try to talk to Lulu for a second. <laughs> Lulu was like, no. Like, not happening. So there was just like a lot. Of, it was a lot of round and round. Like, I don't feel like we have to read all of it. And then Tracy's reminding Luke about how Laura was the greatest love of his life and blah, 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 blah. There was one point where Laura was looking at an old photo album, Scotty noticed, and was wondering why she was going down memory lane. She's like, um, my daughter's having a baby. So I like to be reminded about this stuff. And he wondered if Luke had anything to do with it. Right. But they were getting ready to go to a party because Dante, well, not really a party, but like a little get together. It was where, just for the grandparents. Right. And Dante and Lulu were just going to show the sonogram. Yes. To not even a gender reveal or anything, just straight up the first picture of the baby. Right. And Scotty wanted to come and she's like, no. No, because you're this not is... family. This is for family. So then at the loft, Lulu greeted Luke, who was the first arrive to arrive for the party. And Luke had asked if 
Lulu had received any more strange gifts, and she said no. Luke shared his suspicions about Scott, and Lulu said that she understood, but was trying to keep an open mind. And Lulu said that Luke had his own relationship with Anna to work on. And then Luke lets them know that, lets her know that he and Anna had broken up. Lulu kind of like just popped Mm -hmm. in there like, oh, tell mom. Right. And before Luke could even answer, Laura, Olivia, and Dante strolled in. Luke and Laura were awkward at first, but it passed quickly. Everyone hugged and congratulated. Oh, there you go. We hugged our exes. (laughs) But they were awkward at first. There was no awkwardness with Portia and Curtis or with Jordan and Curtis. It was just like, oh, hey, friend. Yes. No, <laughs> it's awkward at first. And they all congratulate each other as the coming grandchild. Sonny was not there. Olivia left to retrieve something from the car. Luke took Dante aside while Laura and Lulu looked at a photo album that Laura had brought with her to show Lulu, the one that she had been looking at. And Scotty was like, why are you looking at pictures of your kids? Right. Because they're my kids. <laughs> Dante had told Luke that it meant a lot that Luke had shown up to the party. And Luke said that he was still chasing down leads, trying to determine if Helena had sent the weird quote, ice princess present to Lulu. And Luke demand, Luke recommended that Dante also check out Scott as a potential sender. As they looked at photos, Lulu told Laura that it was weird having someone else carry her baby. This is when Maxie was being surrogate. Yep. And also remember during the time that Maxie was having the surrogacy was when Olivia was still having visions from having been injected with LSD. Mm-hmm. So... All this is important information. Yes. Laura said the pregnancy only lasted nine months, but parenthood lasted a lifetime. Olivia returned with a large gift bag with a tag that indicated it was from Aunt Bobby. And Luke was suspicious of the package. Right, because it was shipped from Boston, but it wasn't in a box. It was a gift bag. Yes. That doesn't happen. I don't think it was from Boston, but that's okay. Where was she? I thought she was in Washington. Regardless. Whatever. It had to be shipped. Yes. (laughs) And it was not in a shipping box. So Olivia explained that the present had been left in the hallway. Lulu checked until she found the card. It's from Aunt Bobby. Lulu announced when she read the card. Lulu was about to check in the bag when Luke loudly cautioned everyone to step away from the gift. Luke feared that it was a trick because he doubted that his sister had sent the present. Lulu showed her father the card, but Luke remained on high alert. Olivia was curious who would want to harm Lulu, so Luke admitted that there were two suspects, Helena or Scott. Leave Scotty out of this, please, Laura warned. Laura assured everyone that Scott wouldn't harm Lulu. Olivia tensed when she heard the package ticking, and Dante immediately decided to call the bomb squad. So he attempted to herd everyone out of the apartment. However, Lulu answered her phone when she heard it ring. Seconds later, everyone was shocked when Lulu marched up to the bag and began to pull the tissue paper out of it until she discovered a teddy bear with a clock inside to help the baby sleep. That was the ugliest bear I've ever seen in my entire life. It was terrifying. Please do not buy it for your child. Well, and I know that they make these sleep aids for kids. I don't feel like they have like an actual wind-up clock inside of a teddy bear that's metal and breakable glass and things. No. That's- no. And and a clock is not white noise. Like the the stuffed animal that you buy has the whooshy sound like when they're in your stomach still. It's not a tick, tick, tick clock. They're quite different. So Lily revealed that Bobby had just called to let her know about the gift. Everyone relaxed until Olivia began to sway on her feet. Luke and Dante reached out to catch Olivia before she collapsed. Olivia assured everyone that she was fine, but that she was dizzy. Dante decided to take his mother to the hospital to be checked out, so he left with Olivia. At the hospital, Dante told Patrick that Olivia had passed out, but Olivia insisted that she'd merely been dizzy, which she suspected had stemmed from not eating. 
Olivia thought that she was just wasting Patrick's time, but Patrick asked her a series of questions about the dizzy spells. Patrick was startled when Olivia confessed that she had been looking at a bear prior to almost passing out, and Dante quickly clarified that it had only been a stuffed bear. Olivia and Dante told Patrick about the gift that Lulu had received and Luke's concern, which Olivia insisted had been unfounded. Dante feared that Olivia's fainting spell might have been a result of the LSD overdose, so Patrick promised to run some tests and scans. Patrick congratulated Dante on the baby and left. Moments later, Dante's phone rang, so he stepped into the hallway to take the call. Feel like you have more privacy being in the room with your mom? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Olivia became alarmed when she heard a loud ticking noise in the room. Olivia looked around until she spotted the stuffed bear that Bobby had sent to Lulu. The clock in the stuffed bear's belly was showing that it was 7 o'clock. Olivia's anxiety mounted as she called out to Dante. Olivia stumbled to the door as Dante entered the room. Olivia told him about her vision. Why would I see that bear? Olivia asked. Dante reminded Olivia that she had been had a stressful day, but Olivia argued that the ticking sound had been ominous. She urged Dante to return to the loft to check things out, but Dante was confident that everything was okay. A short time later, Patrick returned to report his findings. Patrick blamed Olivia's dizzy spells on low blood sugar and dehydration. Dante decided to take his mother to get something to eat, but Olivia wanted to return to the loft to get rid of the bear. And then during all this time, Scotty had asked for Laura to marry him like right that second because he had found out that Luke and Anna had broken up and he didn't want to lose Laura to Luke. And Lucy was like, well, you should get, just get her to the courthouse to marry you today. Mm-hmm. And she's I love like, when people spring weddings on me. Yes. Especially when it's your own. Yes. I think the funniest thing in all of this though, is that Lucy and Kevin were together. And when, and Lucy brought a dress to the courthouse that was white and Laura's like, I'm not getting married without, so Without picking my dress, without no, my family, without, with my, without, without my daughter. Because everybody was like, well, Lucy will be your maid of honor. And she goes, my daughter's going to be my maid of honor, right. not Lucy. But yet Kevin was his best man. Which was so weird. And even Kevin said that when Lucy told him where they were going. She was like, you're just going to be the best man. And he was like, at whose wedding? Right. And then she said, Scotty's. And he was like, mm, uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. So they called Lulu real quick and... Meanwhile, she had been talking to Luke about the fact that, you know, maybe he and Laura could have another shot or whatever. So then she's like, okay, well, I just got a phone call. I have to go to the courthouse because mom's marrying Scotty. You should probably go there and see if you can stop this. Exactly. Well, then he did. He left to go see about the wedding. And Lulu got into a red dress and went back into the living room and didn't realize that Luke had left at that point. And she smiled because she figured he's going to go stop the wedding. And she's like, I got to see this. Yes. And then the alarm on the bear went off. And a few minutes later, Lulu was unconscious on the floor (gasps) in the hallway. And that was the last time we saw Julie Berman. I'm sorry. In the hallway, Dante arrived home and saw the package waiting on the doorstep. He picked it up and read the label that revealed Bobby had sent it. Concerned, Dante called out to Lulu and opened the door. Because it was a nice wrapped package like you would get if someone sent you a gift. Dante's fears were realized when he spotted Lulu on the living room floor. Dante ran over to check on his wife. Seconds later, someone knocked him out. Dante remained unconscious long enough for someone to abduct Lulu. And then they are back at the courthouse. They're arguing. And then Dante calls Luke and is like, someone just took Lulu. That's a good way to get out of that wedding. Exactly. (laughs) We didn't even need to make anything up. It truly happened. Let's go. Luke quickly ended the call and told Laura what had happened. Laura was eager to get to the loft. So Scott decided to go with her. 
Luke warned Scott to stay away from the loft and vowed to kill Scott if it turned out that Scott had anything to do with Lulu's disappearance. Luke dragged Laura away. Afterwards, Lucy fetched coffee for herself, Kevin, and Scott. It was so weird to see them together with the wrong people. Yeah. Lucy asked how Scott was holding up, but she handed him a cup of coffee. Scott confessed that he never envisioned the night ending that way and that Scott resented being accused of targeting Lulu, but Lucy assured Scott that no one had questioned Scott's innocence. She turned to Kevin for confirmation. I don't know, Lucy, do we? Kevin asked her. At the loft, Anna arrived with the crime scene investigation team. Dante nursed a bump on the back of his head, so Anna suggested that he get checked out. Dante refused to go anywhere until they found his wife. Anna asked Dante about the events leading to Lulu's disappearance, so he walked her through the day and told her about the two packages that had arrived. Dante was certain that the stuffed bear from the first package had somehow been responsible for Lulu's unconsciousness. Anna had the stuffed bear bagged and asked the lab to put a rush on the tests, and then moments later, Luke and Laura arrived. Dante confided to Luke that Lulu had been targeted. Laura became upset and prayed that nothing happened to her daughter. And then, you know, they tried everything trying to find her. They went to the park and were handing out flyers, trying to clear Scott's name, I guess. And Dante was not having it with any of them. Dante, at one point, vowed to kill Scott if Dante found out that Scott had anything to do with Lulu's abduction or hurt her in any way. Mm -hmm. And Is this the first time we saw Obrecht in the park? Uh Uh-huh. Yay. I thought uh-huh. so. I thought so, but I wasn't sure if we had missed it somewhere else. Sorry. I am I'm like got ahead fairly, for a minute, I'm but I loved fairly, it. fairly, fairly certain because no one had any idea who she was. Right. So Lucy wound up giving a flyer to a woman. Yes. She said, Can I help you? And Dr. Obrecht asked as she turned to Lucy. Yay. And so Lucy gave her a flyer and Dr. Obrecht fiend outrage and concern, wondering who would do such a terrible thing to a young woman. Lucy was certain that the person had to be insane, but Dr. Obrecht disagreed. Obrecht explained that sometimes people did evil things because they were simply evil. <laughs> Lucy admitted that she had a personal experience with evil, which is why it was imperative that they find Lulu. Meanwhile, during all this was going on is also when we had vampires. Yep. So. Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, police officers swarmed the loft as Luke spoke to Anna on the phone nearby, like Laura was flipping through the photo album, you know, just worrying about Lulu. They're trying to find, figure out where she is. Luke reminded Laura that Lulu was resourceful and Lulu smiled because she believed that Lulu had inherited that trait from Luke. Moments later, a police officer informed Luke that the phones had been tapped and that the police would clear out the apartment. Someone knocked on the door, so Luke answered it. Luke was delighted when he saw his sister Bobby on the doorstep. Bobby hugged her brother and confessed that she had taken the first flight from Seattle when she heard the news. Luke invited Bobby. Okay, you were right. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) From Seattle when she heard the news. Luke invited Bobby into the loft while the police officers left. Laura was glad that Bobby was there and Bobby couldn't believe that someone had been watching them closely enough to have known that the gift that Bobby had bought for Lulu's baby. I hope it really was not that same bear because it was terrifying. Luke shared his theory that Scott was behind Lulu's disappearance. Bobby was outright outraged by the suggestion and reminded Luke that Scott lived on another continent. Luke realized that Bobby hadn't heard the news about Laura and Scott's engagement, so he invited Laura to tell Bobby. Luke revealed that Laura and Scott had intended to get married the previous evening, so Scott had been in the thick of things. Moments later, Scott was ushered into the loft. Luke objected to Scott's presence, but Bobby ignored her brother and greeted Scott. 
Scott explained that he wanted to check on Laura. Laura was curious how things had gone at the park, so Scott assured her that he and Lucy had passed out the flyers. Laura thanked Scott for his efforts to help find Lulu. Luke growled that it was a family matter, which Scott was not part of. Luke and Scott immediately began to bicker until Laura loudly reminded the men that arguing wouldn't help locate Lulu. Bobby decided to take Scott for a walk, so she pulled him aside to remind him that Luke and Laura needed to handle things because Lulu was their daughter. Scott told Laura that he loved her, and then he left with Bobby. And then I love this line. Laura was curious if Luke would rather fight with Scott or find their daughter. Wow. It got his perspective because Laura made it very clear that Scott had not been responsible for Lulu's disappearance, so Luke needed to drop his vendetta because it upset Laura and distracted Luke. Laura ordered Luke to think back when he first saw the Ice Princess replica. She wondered who his first suspect had been. And Luke admitted it was Helena. And then Laura suggested that they start finding out where the Cassadines were because it might lead to Lulu. And then a police officer announced another visitor, Laura. Laura was thrilled when her son, Nicholas, entered the loft. Nicholas hugged his mother as she thanked him for being there. And at the same time, Dante knocked on the door of Maxie's apartment. And Maxie immediately sensed that Dante was in trouble. So he told her about Lulu's abduction. Probably didn't want to tell her because he didn't want to upset. Right. But he was just curious, like, if Maxie had noticed anything off about Lulu recently. And she felt bad that she couldn't help Dante. So he just asked her to keep the baby safe. And Spinelli was there, too. And he promised to help wherever he could to find Lulu. Convenient. And then in the hallway, Dante called Lulu's cell cell phone. Her voicemail picked up. So Dante's eyes filled with tears as he listened to his wife's voice. Dante assured Lulu that he was looking for her and vowed to find her. Then back at the loft, so Nicholas had arrived, and he's like, oh, I'm too late. And they're like, what do you mean you're too late? And he said, for saving Lulu. And then, sure enough, he gets shot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they have to secure the loft and everything. And That was ridiculous, too. They, like, looked for that little hole, and they were like, oh, I think I see movement. But they weren't, like, moving. Go, do it. Yeah. And then, at one point, Anna had contacted Frisco for help. Look, getting information about the Cassadines while Dante was calling all the other federal agencies and everything. And, you know, Olivia was checking on Dante, making sure that he was being taken care of himself as best as he could. And um, that's when they got the phone call at the station about the shooting. So Dante and Anna arrived at the loft and the officers filled them in on what happened. Dante wanted to follow Nicholas to the hospital, but Anna was like, mm, maybe not a good idea and told him to tell her all he knew about Nicholas and the Cassidines. Mm. You know how long that would take? Right. Dante said that Nicholas had saved Lulu's life with a bone marrow transplant when Lulu was young. Oh, that's when we got Nicholas. Yes. Dante told Anna that Nicholas and Lulu were very close and that Nicholas would never hurt Lulu. Dante also said that Helena loved Nicholas and would never shoot him, but Anna was skeptical. (laughs) She knows Helena well. Fair enough. And then they thought that they found the gunman in the park and it was Sean in a hooded sweatshirt. We are not getting further into that other than they thought that they had the wrong suspect because we could get taken on an entirely mm-hmm. different tangent. You can go listen to our 411 all about Sean Butler. Sean. So then Luke and Laura wound up at the hospital to check on Nicholas and he was not able to respond. And then Elizabeth saw Nicholas and Epiphany's like, you need to stay out of the way and let the doctors do their jobs. Laura says that if Nicholas died, she would never, she would kill whoever harmed her children with her bare hands. I love Mama Laura. Mm -hmm. Luke said that he felt the same way. Luke comforted Laura and said that Nicholas would make it for Lulu's sake. In the OR, Elizabeth told Nicholas to hold on to, to hold on as his monitors indicated code blue. (gasps) Do you know if he made it or not? Can you tell us? I don't know. (laughs) We'll have to wait and see. All right. Dun, dun, dun. 
In the hallway, Laura realized that Nicholas' condition had deteriorated when she heard the alarms for the trauma room and saw the nurse rush past her with a crash cart. Laura started to enter the room, but Luke held her back to keep her from getting in the way. Moments later, Scott called. Laura quickly filled him in on what had happened and persuaded him to stay at the loft. She promised to call Scott with an update, then ended the call when Dr. Keats approached. Later, Luke noticed that Laura had her phone out. She explained that she still had to call her mother, who was with Spencer at Nicholas's home in Italy. Moments later, Leslie answered the phone. Laura told her mother about the shooting. She asked Leslie not to tell Spencer. Laura wanted Les warned Leslie that Helena might be involved, so she urged Leslie to keep Spencer close. Laura asked Leslie to pass along some kisses to Spencer from his grandmother and then ended the call. Dr. Keats walked in to explain that Nicholas was in critical condition and required surgery. Laura wanted to spend some time with her son before the operation. Dr. Keats didn't have any objections, so Laura entered the trauma room and Elizabeth fussed over Nicholas as Laura walked in and hugged her. Elizabeth stepped back as Laura gently stroked Nicholas's head and kissed him. She assured Nicholas that Leslie and Spencer were safe and told her son how much she loved him and how proud she was of him. Meanwhile, Luke called Anna to update her on Nicholas's condition. Luke suspected that Nicholas knew something about Lulu's disappearance, so he intended to question Nicholas as soon as possible. Luke ended the call as Alexis walked up to ask where Sean was. Confused, Luke asked, what Alexis was talking about, so she revealed that Sean had been shot. Alexis was shot. Oh, that's right. He was shot in the park. In the park. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. It's okay. I should have mentioned that before when I said we weren't talking anymore about it. Yes. Alexis was shocked when Luke told her about Nicholas. She was desperate to check on her nephew, so Luke pointed to Nicholas's room and promised to let her know when Sean arrived. Then on March 27th at the loft, Dante stared at a picture of him and Lulu on their wedding day. Moments later, Anna entered the apartment, asked where everyone was. Dante had said that he needed some alone time. Anna said that she had reached out to the WSB to help identify the sniper and it paid off. Dante wasn't surprised when Anna told him that the shooter had once worked for Helena. Dante suspected that Helena had rehired the assassin. So Dante was determined to hunt Helena down. Anna pointed out that it was impossible because they had no idea where she was. Dante's temper flared as he began to break things. Anna advised Dante to calm down because she needed him to focus. Anna instructed Dante to clean himself up and meet her at the Haunted Star. However, a short time later, Dante met Anna at the Harbormaster's office, which is on Pier 54. Anna explained that she had received a report that the Haunted Star had disappeared the previous evening. Dante made a quick call to Michael to find out if he knew anything about the ship's whereabouts, but Michael didn't have any answers. Many of you might be asking, asking, Why would Michael know? Because he was dating Star at the time and Star and Lulu were business partners. Yes. That's why. Later, Dante and Anna arrived at the hospital as a helicopter landed. Anna received a report that the Haunted Star had set sail following Nicholas's shooting. The ship was suspected of being in the Atlantic Ocean, but its coordinates were unknown. Laura and Bobby were seated in them back at the hospital in Nicholas's room. Luke filled a syringe with an unknown substance and began to inject it into Nicholas's IV. Luke apologized for taking such extreme measures, but Luke was desperate to find Lulu and suspected that Nicholas had information that would help track Lulu down. Laura and Bobby suddenly burst into the room when the alarms began to sound and Laura angrily demanded to know what Luke was doing while Bobby reached, raced over to check Nicholas's IV. And Luke had been shooting him up with some adrenaline (laughs) to wake him up. And Laura flipped 
out because she is like, I am not sacrificing one child to save another one. You're only doing this because this is Stavros's son. If it was Lucky, there is no way you would have done this. And that Nicholas was just as much a child as Lucky and Lulu were. I want to know how you just randomly get these syringes. It's Luke. We don't really have to question how okay. he does okay. things. And then like Scott showed up to help Laura and just doesn't really help. But he stands around. Yeah. That's what he does. But like Luke was determined to find Lulu and he continued to justify what he had done to Nicholas. But Bobby warned Luke that he had gone too far. Moments later, Dante and Anna arrived. Dante revealed that they might have found Lulu's location. Luke was eager to leave, but Dante and Anna explained it wasn't that simple. Anna revealed that Lulu had likely been spirited out of town on the Haunted Star, which sailed out of her jurisdiction and into international waters. Anna promised to help Lulu and Dante. Anna promised to help Luke and Dante rescue Lulu, but Luke and Dante would have to work with the WSB. Ooh. Anna explained that Frisco had arranged for Luke to be given transportation and temporary WSB credentials. That blew my mind. He was a temporary, like he was temporarily like on behalf of the WSB. I feel like you can't really do that. It's kind of like Isn't getting that the being deputized. Oh, see, I feel like it's more like for the military stuff, getting your clearances. And if you can't get that top clearance, I can't just give it to you. I don't know. Don't know either. I'm just. I think they wondering. just knew which battle they were gonna fight here, and they're like, you know what? You're gonna do this stuff anyway. We might as well make it legal. Sure. Okay. Satisfied, Luke started to leave, but passed Nicholas's room as Laura and Scott walked out. Laura warned Luke not to say a word about Scott being there, so Luke informed her that he intended to find their daughter and left. In the parking lot, Dante asked Anna to keep an eye on Olivia, then left to pick up some equipment. Luke walked up, so Anna gave Luke some last-minute instructions and explained that Dante would meet Luke at the rendezvous point with all the equipment that they would need to rescue Lulu. She also promised Luke that the WSB team would be on standby if Luke needed backup. Luke was about to head to the waiting helicopter when Laura ran up. Laura made it clear that she intended to go with Luke to rescue their daughter. Luke didn't have an opportunity to object as Laura marched to the helicopter, then climbed in. Luke followed Laura as Anna watched. Godspeed, Anna whispered as the helicopter lifted into the air. In the hospital, Scott grumbled to Bobby about Laura's decision to go with Luke to rescue Lulu. Bobby reminded Scott that Laura had trusted him to watch over Nicholas, which said a lot about her feelings for him. Also, she loves her daughter and wants to go find her daughter, Scott. A few days later, Felicia stopped by Maxie's apartment with dinner from the floating rib. Maxie explained that she wasn't hungry because she was worried about Lulu. So Felicia revealed that Frisco had used his contacts at the WSB to locate the haunted star, which meant that Lulu would soon be home. Felicia pointed out that Frisco was an expert in situations like that, and Maxie asked Felicia to thank Frisco for helping them find Lulu. This really makes me sad. I know we never got the chance to eat the ribs and mac and cheese, but I miss, <laughs> <laughs> I miss watching them eat the ribs and mac and cheese. I don't like mac and cheese, so I just wanted the ribs. How? Because I don't. How are we friends? I'm sorry. Like, I'll <laughs> eat it, like, just regular whatever, but I don't, mm -mm. I'm not a mac and cheese person. Sorry. I don't know. Guys, this might be the end. I'm sorry. <laughs> Last episode stopped abruptly <laughs> when Amanda said she just wanted the ribs. That means more mac and cheese for all of you. You're welcome. <laughs> Somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, Luke and Laura were lowered onto the Haunted Star. Luke and Laura watched the helicopter fly away as Laura reminded Luke that they had always known they would have to find their own way off the ship. 
Laura liked Luke's suggestion that they sink the ship after they rescued their daughter. Moments later, Luke handed Laura a gun with instructions not to hesitate to use it. They were certain that Helena and her henchmen were aware of their arrival because of the noisy helicopter, so they carefully made their way to the nightclub. The nightclub was deserted, so Luke was certain that Helena was playing one of her games. He advised Laura not to lower her guard. Helena entered as she laughingly reminded Luke that he enjoyed playing games. Luke and Laura aimed their guns at Helena, but Helena didn't appear concerned. Moments later, her henchmen stepped out of the shadows with their guns aimed at Luke and Laura, and Helena ordered Luke and Laura to drop their guns. One of the henchmen quickly disarmed Laura, but Luke refused to relinquish his gun. Helena warned Luke that Laura would be shot if Luke didn't comply, so Luke reluctantly handed his gun to Helena. Helena was disappointed. Give me back my daughter, you beep, shouted Laura. Helena had no idea what her son Stavros and Stefan had seen in Laura. May they rest in peace, Helena added. Luke was curious how they had gotten onto the subject of Helena's evil spawn. Helena wasn't in the mood for insults, so wondered if Helena's plan to shoot them like Helena's sniper had shot Nicholas. Helena was genuinely shocked and refused to believe it, and Laura had assured Helena that it was true, but Helena wanted proof. Laura offered to call Scott, so Helena ordered Laura to put a call on the speakerphone. In Nicholas's room, Alexis lovingly stroked Nicholas's face and fussed over him. She hated that he had been caught in the crossfire of another Spencer Cassidyne war. She had no idea why he was always the first casualty and resented that no one ever bothered to ask what Nicholas wanted. Alexis realized, actually, that's something that we forgot to mention in last week's 1.5. Nicholas denounced being a Cassidyne, and he had said that he was... It was actually very uh, parallel to what's going on right now with him and Spencer. Mm-hmm. Can't get into all that right now. Forgot to talk about it last week. Alexis realized that Nicholas would want to find a sister, but Alexis refused to risk his life. She insisted that he was the only relative she liked besides her daughters and grandson. Alexis believed that Nicholas was the only Cassidyne with a heart beside herself. However, Helena didn't consider Alexis a true Cassidyne. Alexis assured Nicholas that she loved him and apologized for not being there with him sooner. Moments later, the cell phone on Nicholas's bedside table rang, so Alexis answered it and explained that Scott had gone for a walk but had left his phone behind. And it was Laura wanting an update. Alexis gently told Laura that Nicholas had suffered another setback but assured her that she was he was stable. Alexis promised to stay with Nicholas until he woke up and recovered. See that you do that, Natasha, Helena told as startled, told a startled Alexis. Alexis wanted to know what happened because, you know, why are you there? Last she checked. <laughs> Laura and Helena were not together. And Helena stepped away to speak with Alexis privately because Helena wanted to know if if Nicholas was in pain. And Alexis said that he was resting comfortably. And Helena made it very clear that she was entrusting Nicholas's care and well-being to Alexis. Fail me, Natasha, and I will slit your throat just like I did that cow who dropped you. She is vicious. That was really mean. Yeah. Nearby Luke and Laura agreed that Helena hadn't been responsible for Nicholas's shooting. Laura wondered what that meant for them and her children. Nothing good, Luke feared. After Helena disconnected the phone call with Alexis, Laura reminded Helena that they had held up their end of the bargain, so Laura wanted Helena to hand over Lulu. Helena refused to let Luke and Laura see anyone after what they had done to Nicholas. Laura was shocked that Helena blamed Laura for Nicholas's shooting. Luke suggested that Helena shouldn't hire peons because one of Helena's men had shot Nicholas. Helena assured Luke and Laura that her peons were efficient as one of her men handed Helena a gun. Helena aimed the gun at Laura, whom Helena accused of being a source of unending pain to anyone who got in Laura's orbit, including Luke. Helena had decided that it was time to put an end to it. 
In Nicholas's hospital room, Alexis returned Scott's phone to the bedside table, confessed she had been party of Helena's first true human emotions. She feared that it might be a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> Moments later, Elizabeth entered the room to check on Nicholas, and Alexis told Elizabeth about the phone call from Helena prompting Elizabeth to ask if Helena had mentioned anything about Dante. Alexis admitted that Helena hadn't said anything. Meanwhile, Dante stealthily made his way onto the Haunted Star. He removed his diving mask, then looked around to make certain that he hadn't been spotted. And part of this whole storyline is there are a million other storylines being fed into yes. it. It's like a, It was like an all-hands-on-deck storyline, mm -hmm. which is great. Especially since they were on a boat. <laughs> Look at you <laughs> making puns. <laughs> when he said all hands on deck is so I wasn't on about that. Anyway, but part of the reason why it was is because it was 2013. April 1st, 2013 was the 50th anniversary day. Yes. So on the Haunted Star, Helena held a gun on Laura, whom Helena called a source of unending pain. Just as she was about to pull the trigger, Dante appeared and shot the gun out of Helena's hand. That was some good shooting mm -hmm. there. More of Helena's goons appeared and Dante opted to surrender. But when Helena ordered them to shoot Dante, Dante kicked over a table, grabbed his gun and tossed another to Luke. Together, they were able to subdue Helena's henchmen and capture Helena, who was crouching behind the bar. Helena begged them not to shoot her, but Luke said that they were in international waters and could do whatever they wanted. I don't think that's how that works, but okay. <laughs> More of Helena's thugs poured into the room, but took no action as long as Dante held his gun aimed at Helena. Dante did not find Helena amusing. He said that he did not care about the feud between the Cassidines and the Spencers. All he cared about was his wife. Dante told Helena to take him to Lulu and that if Lulu was alive, Dante would let Helena live. Helena tried to make jests, but Dante said that the WSB infrared scan showed a body in one of the staterooms below deck. Luke and Laura went to find Lulu while Dante held Helena at gunpoint. Dante told Helena that he intended to get Lulu and to go home. Helena told Dante that he was delusional if he thought that it was going to be that simple. Laura and Luke found a hooded figure slumped in a chair when they entered the stateroom. Both were astonished when they pulled off the hood and the person's identity was revealed. Laura assumed it was Lulu as Luke raced over to remove the sack. Luke and Laura, Luke and Laura were startled when they saw Ethan sitting in the chair. Luke quickly removed Ethan's gag. Hi, Dad, Ethan said to Luke as he was untying Ethan. Laura explained that Lulu had been kidnapped, so they had been looking for their daughter. Ethan realized that he was on the Haunted Star, so Luke explained that Dante had Helena and a couple of her henchmen held at gunpoint in the nightclub. Luke and Laura helped Ethan to his feet, and the door suddenly slammed shut, and they were locked. Locked in, that should say. Luke hoped that Dante could hold off Helena and her goons, so he went to work finding something to pick the lock, with never a dull moment of those with those Cassidines, Ethan remarked. Then Laura was curious about how Ethan was captured, so he told her that he had been staying at Lucky's flat in Dublin. Laura feared that Helena had abducted Lucky too, but Ethan was like, no, he's, he wasn't at the apartment. <laughs> According to Ethan, Lucky had decided to go to Africa to help orphan children, which was something Lucky had been thinking about for a while. Luke was curious if Helena had given any clue as to what happened to Lulu. Ethan explained that he had listened to a message from Nicholas warning Ethan that they were in danger when Helena and her thugs appeared. It's amazing how that timing always works out like mm -hmm. that. Ethan hadn't heard the entire message, so he had no idea where Lulu might be. Ethan admitted that Helena had been disappointed that she had missed Lucky, but she had been content to see Ethan to use 
to keep Luke distracted. Luke grumbled that Helena and her winged monkeys had been working overtime to get Luke's children. However, he was curious what Helena hoped to keep Luke distracted from. Dun, dun, dun. Luke and Laura told Ethan about the replica of the ice princess that had been left for Lulu, and Ethan wondered why Helena would want Lulu since Helena had never expressed an interest in his sister before. Laura suspected that Helena had hoped to hurt both Luke and Laura, prompting a snarky remark from Ethan about Helena. I forget what that snarky remark was. Yeah. Shoot. Laura chuckled because Ethan had sounded just like his father, and Luke warned Laura and Ethan that they would likely be outnumbered and open the door so they would have to work together. And so they went up and started to kind of fight back against Helena and everything. Laura hoped that it wouldn't be a problem for Ethan, but he assured her that he didn't have any issues with it because he loved his sister. However, Ethan wanted Laura to know that he deeply regretted any pain he might have caused her by the revelation that he was Luke's son. Whole other story. Luke made it clear that Ethan was never to apologize for his existence. Laura, hmm, hypocritical. <laughs> okay. Yet Nicholas is supposed to, right, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Laura assured Ethan that he, she had no ill will towards him, especially since Lucky and Lulu made it clear that they loved, they each loved their brother. Moments later, Helena flanked by two of her lackeys burst into the cabin. Helena and her henchmen led Luke, Laura, and Ethan at gunpoint to the deck of the ship. Laura demanded to know where Dante was, and Laura feared the worst when Helena bragged that Dante hadn't been a match for the Gazadine. Ethan was curious what Helena's intention was, so, Helena explained that they shouldn't underestimate a mother's need to avenge her sons. Luke told Helena to shut up about her sons and tell them where Dante was, and Helena cryptically informed them that Dante wouldn't be a problem. Helena reminded everyone that she had been about to shoot Laura when they had been rudely interrupted. Luke offered his life in exchange for Laura's, so Helena decided she would not shoot anyone. Laura is. And basically, Helena made Laura decide if she was going to kill Luke or kill Ethan. Or no. Helena was going to kill Lulu if Laura didn't kill Ethan. Mm -hmm. And then Luke warned Helena that it hadn't been smart to arm Laura, but Helena wasn't concerned. She made it clear that if Laura tried to shoot Helena, then Helena's guards would open fire on Luke, Laura, and Ethan, which meant Lulu would remain in danger. Laura refused to kill Ethan, so Helena pointed out that Luke wouldn't hesitate to sacrifice Nicholas to save Lulu, like we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Ethan invited Laura to shoot him if it would shut the shrieking harpy up. Laura insisted that Ethan was innocent. And Lulu was, again, certain that she would not want one of her brothers to die. So Helena offered the option of shooting Luke. Ugh. Yeah. And Helena urged Laura to avenge herself because Luke had raped her, cheated on her, driven her to madness, and then abandoned her to rot in an asylum while he married another woman. She She reminded Laura about the hatred of Nicholas and called Laura's firstborn names and that she could break Helena's curse if she just killed Luke. And Luke actually agreed with Helena and was like, yeah, you know what? Kind of not been the best. You can kill me. It'd be okay. And they somehow moved so that Laura ended up between him and Ethan and Helena's thugs were caught off guard when Laura tossed tossed the gun to Luke and dropped to the deck with Ethan and Luke fired off three shots. And one of them hit Helena and she was dead. It was really like anti-climactic for how she died. She didn't get to go boom or anything. She just shot her and she was dead. After 30 years. And then Laura realized that Helena was the only person who knew where Lulu was. Oops. Luke quickly searched the ship for any sign of his daughter to no avail. 
Luke became concerned when he noticed that one of the henchmen had some kind of device with a blinking light in his ear. As if on cue, Laura heard the distant sounds of ship horns as the ships closed in on the haunted star. Luke was certain that it was Cassidy and reinforcements, so he ordered Ethan to take the launch and leave. Ethan refused, but Luke insisted that he needed a decoy, so Ethan hugged his father and then left. Luke handed Laura a gun as a bright light from one of the ships lit up the deck. She was curious if he had a plan. Luke assured her that he did and reached for her hand. Here we go again, Luke said as they watched a ship draw near. And then on April 10th, Alexis rushes to Nicholas' bedside. You wanna- as Nicholas opened his eyes and looked at Elizabeth, Elizabeth smiled with joy as Nicholas assured her that he could hear her and knew who she was, who knew who she and Alexis were. Nicholas was concerned about his son, so Alexis assured Nicholas that Spencer was safe with Leslie and that Alexis had talked to Spencer. However, Alexis revealed that they hadn't told Spencer about Nicholas's shooting, so Nicholas should wait until he was stronger to talk to him. Elizabeth wondered if Nicholas recalled what had happened prior to the shooting. Nicholas couldn't remember anything about the moment before being shot, which Elizabeth assured Nicholas was common for people who had suffered a traumatic injury. Elizabeth explained that Nicholas had been trying to tell Laura something about Lulu. She's in danger, Nicholas suddenly recalled. Lulu's in danger, Nicholas clarified. Alexis told Nicholas about Lulu's disappearance, which they suspected had actually been an abduction. Elizabeth added that Dante, Luke, and Laura had gone to rescue Lulu from Helena, but Nicholas shocked them by revealing that Helena hadn't kidnapped Lulu. What? Elizabeth and Alexis believed that Nicholas was mistaken, but he insisted that his grandmother hadn't had any reason to kidnap Lulu. Nicholas insisted that someone else had taken his sister, and he knew who it was. Elizabeth and Alexis were shocked when Nicholas revealed the identity of Lulu's abductor. Luke woke up from a dream about the moments prior to the arrival of Helena's reinforcements. He looked around an unfamiliar bedroom until his eyes landed on Laura, who was asleep in the bed next to him. He didn't really have to look that far. He just like rolled over and she was there, but okay. Luke gently shook Laura awake. Well, but she wasn't supposed to be. I know, but- Is the thing. But they make it seem like they were in like two separate beds and so he like looked out, but she was- as close to him as you and I are. He rolled right. over. Well, no, but he was like, so let's say he was, he's, he's laying like on that. his right side and he's like, when you're in a hotel and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, wait, where am I? And then you look over and you're like, oh, there's my person. Except for she's not supposed to be in bed with him. Right. She wasn't like unclothed or anything. No, 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 sleeping, but, so. no. But they also weren't supposed to just. Right. They hadn't knowingly got into bed together right yes even just to sleep right luke gently shook laura awake confused laura asked where they were but luke had no idea or how long they had been unconscious luke and laura talked about the events that had transpired after the cassadine reinforcements had boarded the haunted star they recalled holding the men off and then making their way to a stateroom however the stateroom hadn't been safe so Luke had gone to the door to wait for an opportunity to escape, but someone had knocked him out. Luke checked the bedroom door and discovered that it had been locked as he had suspected. He was certain they were being watched, but he continued to search the room for a possible escape route. Laura made her way to the window as she confessed that it was hard to believe that Helena was dead. Luke regretted that if it had taken him 30 years to kill the homicidal Cassidine matriarch, but he wondered if perhaps they had been taken at some kind as some kind of retribution for the killing. Laura hoped that Ethan had managed to escape. Luke was confident that his son had gotten away on the launch, but admitted that he was concerned about Dante's fate. 
Laura confessed that she was worried about their daughter, so Luke confided that he suspected that whoever had taken them had also kidnapped Lulu. Laura realized that the phone had been taken, which meant that she couldn't check on Nicholas, who might have taken a turn for the worse. Well, of course the bad guys took your phone, Laura. They're not going to let you keep it so that you can call for help. Right. You shouldn't be shocked by that. So Luke reminded Laura that Helena had confirmed that Nicholas had been stabled and recovering when they had last checked in on him. He suggested that Laura focus on getting out of the room and finding Lulu. Laura looked out the window again and realized that she recognized where they were. She admitted that the area had changed a bit over the years, but she was certain they were on Cassadine Island. Exactly. Cassadine Island. Yes. Not Ice Princess Island. Luke wondered if she recalled a secret passage that would provide them with an escape, but Laura shook her head. You'd think whenever you revisit a place every 10 years, you might remember. Laura revealed they they were in the bedroom that she had shared with Stavros. Ew. Oh, that was weird because she's like, wait a second. Like, this is where Ew. it was all coming back to her. Ew. And then she'd given birth to Nicholas in that bed. Ew. So she spent hours searching every every inch of the room. Who the heck would bring us back to this room? Laura asked in frustration. Luke listed the usual suspects, including Mikos, Helenos. Oh my gosh. Mikos, Helena, Stavros, and Stefan, but they were all dead. So there was no one left. Eventually, Luke discovered a closet with an invitation pinned to a suit. Luke and Laura read the simple invitation, which requested their presence in the dining room. Dress black tie, Luke read. Luke wasn't surprised that a couture gown had been included for Laura, although he was a bit unsettled that the clothes were in their sizes. He was like, why do I have a stalker that's so aware of my inseam? Exactly. Luke and Laura changed into the clothes that had been provided for them. Afterwards, Luke called out to their captor that they were ready. The door to the bedroom suddenly opened. Luke and Laura cautiously entered the hallway and made their way to the dining room to wait for their host. Laura was stunned when Stavros Cassadine suddenly appeared in the doorway. In Nicholas's hospital room, Nicholas insisted that Helena hadn't any reason to abduct Lulu. Elizabeth and Alexis were stunned when Nicholas claimed that the kidnapper was his father. And he goes into how... There was, he was trying to have a relationship with Stavros, but Stavros like kept staring at this picture and he kept saying, my princess, my princess. And then Nicholas looked at the picture that he had been holding and it wasn't Laura. It was Lulu, but he was like, what are you talking about? No, this is Laura. So then Nicholas takes his phone and is like, no, 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 this is Laura now. What you're looking at is a picture of Lulu, my sister. And he's like, no, 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 that's Laura. It's okay. And he just... Stavros is being frozen, messed with his memory. You think that might? Maybe just a bit. And he just, he wasn't having it. The only thing like, I don't, so I don't think the actual ice princess makes an appearance here. He just refers to Lulu as the ice princess, Mm -hmm. whatever. So he said that he was going to send for Lulu, but Nicholas had managed to, Stavros had hit Nicholas and he had fled the island. And then when Nicholas woke up, he had called Lucky, but Helena walked in and Helena was like, you're not a good Cassadine and kept Nicholas captive and then went to Ireland because she was going to get lucky. Right. And that's when she got Ethan. And then Nicholas managed to escape. That's when he made his way to Port Charles to try to warn everyone, but then he got shot. So then back on Cassadine Island, Luke and Laura were shocked that Stavros, when Stavros appeared in the doorway of the dining room, he greeted them warmly, but Laura refused to believe her eyes. She insisted that Stavros was dead. And yet here I am back and better than ever, Stavros Stavros replied with a smile. Terrified, Laura cowered behind Luke. Um, She was not just terrified, like she was, because this is when Laura had just come back Mm -hmm. 
after having spent all those years coming out of that catatonic state and everything. So it was fair to assume that she was possibly being triggered slightly by Stavros being alive. Luke pointed out that she had a good reason to fear Stavros because Stavros has returned from the dead just a few times. And he's like, no, no, I'm alive. And Luke grabbed a knife from the table, held it against his throat. Laura reminded Luke that Stavros was the only person who knew where their daughter was. She just said the same thing about Helena, though. So fair to assume could also be someone else. And then to steal a line from the Incredibles, basically Stavros goes into monologuing. (laughs) And suddenly we hear like a beep, 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 beep. And it's the cryogenic chamber because Dante had made his way onto the island and saw Lulu frozen on a table and was trying to bust it down. He hurt one of the guards and then was like, oh shoot, I need that thumbprint. (laughs) And it was the wrong thumbprint. Mm -hmm. So then he got them to intentionally made the siren go off to get Stavros down there Mm -hmm. so that he could knock out Stavros and use Stavros's thumb to open up the cryogenic freezer. Oh, and what Stavros had been monologuing about the fact that Lulu was going to be like his new Laura. Ugh. Yeah. And he explained his entire thing, like how he got her, how he was the one who actually had knocked out Dante. He was the one who had sent the teddy bear, mm-hmm. knocked out Dante, grabbed her. And Stavros had assured Luke and Laura that he was fully aware of what had happened to Helena. So Stavros had taken care of his mother the same way that Helena had taken care of Stavros. Luke and Laura were like, what? And Luke's like, you put her on ice? And Stavros said, yep, just like I did to my new princess, my ice princess. And then that's when all the sirens and everything went off. Meanwhile, like Anna and all the WSB people had been on their way. Ethan managed to escape the Haunted Star and been picked up by a ship. And it was Anna with the WSB. And they were using the RFID signals that have been picked up on Cassadine Island. So they knew that they had not been killed during the gunfire on the ship and everything. Mm -hmm. Back in Port Charles, Anna had given an update to Sonny and Olivia. And they're like, yeah, so Stavros is alive. And Sonny's like, why can't these people just die? <laughs> Anna said, sometimes they do because, but they don't. Right. But Anna explained that it did appear that Helena had been killed, but Olivia didn't care. She hoped that everything would be over when Luke, Laura, and Dante rescued Lulu. And then really everything that they're talking about at this point in the hospital with Nicholas is they're talking about how Stavros hurt. Like they're talking about Stavros and how messed up of a dad situation it is mm-hmm. and how Nicholas hurt Liz and Lucky because this is when Helena had just tampered with the paternity results of Aiden. Yep. So all of that. And Alexis is talking about the family's background and just how messed up it is. It was so good back then. Yeah. It was so hard to not get into everything else. So then back at the cryogenic thing, they got Lulu out of the, um, like off the table and everything. Stavros had regained consciousness and he demanded that Luke, Laura and Dante get away from Lulu. Luke aimed the gun at Stavros while Dante carried Lulu out of the chamber. And afterwards, Luke locked Stavros in the cryo chamber. This one was intentional. Yes. This one was 100% intentional, and he kind of fell the same way that Mikos did. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Dante and Laura desperately tried to warm Lulu and begged her to wake up, but Lulu remained unresponsive. Laura tearfully realized that her daughter was dead, and so she ran into the cryo chamber door to accuse Stavros of being a bastard. There's no other way to (laughs) say that. Luke was about to smash the panel with the, to the cryo chamber when Laura ordered Luke to stop. Luke watched as Laura punched the panel. Within seconds, the cryo chamber's temperature rapidly dropped. Stavros cried out as he collapsed to the ground. 
Dante remained oblivious to everything except Lulu, whom he cradled in his arms. That was so sweet. Yes. Luke and Laura looked through the window of the cryo chamber that Stavros had been locked in. They were relieved that Stavros was dead, but devastated that they hadn't been able to save Lulu. Dante held his wife as he wept over her death. A short time later, Dante and Luke gave Laura some time alone with Lulu. Laura's eyes filled with tears of grief as she confessed that it felt as if only minutes had passed since she had held her newborn daughter. Laura admitted that Lulu had been everything that Laura could have hoped for and more. Laura regretted that her illness had robbed her of the years with Lulu and that she hadn't been there when Lulu had needed her. Laura insisted that she, not Lulu, should have died. Fly away, beautiful bird, fly away, Laura tearfully said as she tucked the covers around Lulu and lovingly stroked her daughter's hair. Luke entered the room after Laura left. This is why I don't believe in God, Luke admitted as he looked at his daughter. He recalled when Leslie had dropped Lulu off for Luke to raise. Lulu had been an angry teenager, so they had gone through some dark times together. However, Lulu had stood by Luke when no one else had. He blamed himself for Lulu becoming a casualty in the Cassidine Spencer War, so he begged Lulu to forgive him. Next, Dante entered the room to spend some time alone with his wife. Dante had no idea how to go on without Lulu. He talked about the first time that they had met and when he had fallen in love with her. He insisted that Lulu had been too good for him, but he had loved her and always would. Dante tenderly kissed his wife and then laid his head on her chest. He was stunned when he heard a faint heartbeat, so he called out to Luke and Laura. Luke and Laura rushed into the room and quickly began to administer CPR. After several minutes, Lulu opened her eyes. She appeared dazed. Lulu wondered where she was, so Luke, Laura, and Dante told her about the kidnapping. However, they were quick to assure Lulu that she was safe and that Stavros was dead. Dante was eager to get his wife home, but Lulu tensed. I've never seen you people before in my life, Lulu told her husband and parents. Okay. <sighs> so... And I feel like, I mean, we could go on. This is, and this is, this is the end of that storyline. But this is the end of that storyline, which leads into Lulu's amnesia, which we could do an entire different one. But this is what we were talking about. A beginning, middle, and end. I know. I know you're so, right. But, uh, and also, the very first time that we saw Lulu recast was when Dante peered into the cryogenic chamber. Yes. And, you know. I was not a fan at first. No. Watching it back, though, Emmy Ryland is an amazing actress because her first scenes on General Hospital were playing a frozen solid woman. Right. Whose husband is crying over her and whose parents are Luke and Laura. Yes. So it was her and the three of them. And she's just doo to do and no reaction. But then even when she does wake up and she has to react to them and she's like, I don't even know who you are. Right. You know, <sighs> I mean, you're killing me by not letting us go into the amnesia story. I'm sorry. Do you have another so hour good. to No. We've already gone over an hour with this one alone. All right. But we'll have to do that soon we because, do. oh my God, that was so good. It was. And it was so hard because. Dante was just like, put your back, but I want to love you. And she's like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. We got to know Milo then. Oh my gosh. I... <laughs> wow. Yep. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Oof. So this is where we are ending with the Ice Princess Trio. Yes. As they have been completed right now. Yes. I mean, we're recording this. It's March 6th. So by the time this gets released, more could have happened. Right. But I feel like this is more like the 1.5 because yeah. there's, it, 
the stuff in 99 and whatever was just little. So if this takes three years. Oh my God. No. To play out the way that I think the 1.5 did. Yeah. But we hope that this maybe gives like a little bit of background to the ice princess, where we are, what's happening here, things like that. I don't know. Oh man. And there was so many other storylines that was so difficult to not pull into this. Yes. Because yes, it was, they were also going on, but try to keep it as focused as possible. Sorry if any of it seemed choppy because we were trying to cut out. It was just too much. Like they got a little too specific with some of it that we just needed to skim and get to the point of it. Right. Like the point of this is not Luke or Luke, Laura and Scotty. However, you needed that background. Right. You needed to understand. However, we didn't need to hear all of their fighting. All of it's it. a lot. <laughs> we could just do an entire, we could do an entire 12 week series probably on the love triangle that is Luke, Laura and Scotty. Yes. So whew, I need a nap now. Man, seriously. So we hope that you have enjoyed our Ice Princess series. Join us on Monday as we recap this week's episodes. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you with the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.